I just want to throw a little PSA out there real quick. A little, a little PSA for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Anyone who can hear the sound of my voice, listen up. If you think that you are ready to have kids, if you don't have kids yet, and you're starting to think that you might be ready to have kids, let me tell you that you're not ready. Because wow. if you're going to be a parent of a child, you need to be prepared for the moment when this being whose life you nurtured, whom you brought into this world, to whom you have devoted all of the best parts of your body and energy and resources and time because you love them. Be prepared to watch all of that manifest in flesh, standing in your kitchen, staring you directly in the eyes while they take the last Mexican chocolate cookie out of the package <laughs> And you need to be prepared to watch that happen and not retaliate. Impossible. <laughs> impossible that is gr- you're grounded for a month <laughs> oh, i swear to god i heard kill bill sirens PayPal so I can wire him some money because I would I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Zero remorse. None whatsoever. I was like, was that the last one? And there was, I swear, a tumbleweed went through the kitchen. <laughs> there was there was some in the background. He did not care. He crumpled up the package and threw it away. He didn't give a fuck. He was like, yep. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Anyway, don't have kids, guys. Uh, no. But, but uh, hey, Steph, you know what? <laughs> what? The spice must flow. <laughs> have you seen it? it have really... you seen it? Have of you seen course it? I've seen it. Okay. Of course I've seen it. I saw it before you because you were off at Nerd Church. I was at Nerd Church, but I saw mm-hmm. it. I, I I did a dangerous thing, but I felt safe because uh, I went I went to see it in an IMAX movie theater, the Chinese theater mm-hmm. in Hollywood. You know that one? Uh, no, I don't know that one. Yeah, everybody knows that one. Don't play. Um, everybody does not. I've never been there. I don't know what you're talking about. I've seen go pictures on, snobby, of the snobby. Chinese theater. I guess. Where Star Wars premiered. Hello. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. Anyway, so they require they check for your vaccination. Oh my god, really? Yeah, and they they still force people to uh, wear masks inside. My favorite part is that they have ushers going up and down the aisle checking to make sure people are distant. And if you don't wear a mask, you get asked to leave. <gasps> and by asking, I mean you are pulled up out of your seat and forced out. Oh my god, I that sounds love exactly that exactly like heaven. That is heaven. Meanwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here where people will physically threaten you for wearing a mask in public and minding your own damn business. Yeah, fuck so. people. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, uh, so congratulations on seeing Dune is, is glorious, but I can definitely see how um, people who haven't read the book would get a serious case of sci-fi blue balls off of that movie. It, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Um, but I, you know, I felt the need to talk about it just because it's the basis for so many different sci-fi including including star wars star wars yeah you 
I have seen, <laughs> I've seen a little bit of discourse online of people <laughs> saying that Dune ripped off Star Wars. Oh my God. And I'm like, this is satire, right? Is this, are you being ironic right now? Do you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. I think we've probably told this story before, but I'm going to repeat it. Oh. <laughs> uh, do you remember seeing Taming, Taming of the Shrew and somebody going, oh my God, this is based off of 10 Things We Hate About You, a, mo- <laughs> a movie that had come out two years prior or something like that? I fucking hate people. Yeah. I hate people. Oh God. Oh. Okay. Hey, uh, we should, <laughs> you want to enter the show? Let's enter the show. I'm ready. Let's, the let's show. do it. Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <clears> hmm. <throat> Hey everybody, welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie, I'm the woman half of the show, and I have no son. (laughs) You've disowned him, and no jury in the world would convict me. Uh, true, true. None none of that's true. Of course I still love him, but goddammit. But, you know, you're supposed to, so what does that mean? What does that mean? It means I'm out of fucking cookies is what it means. She's going to be harping on this the whole episode, y'all. Look, I'm going to bring it up at his wedding. Oh, I'm going to bring it up when his first child is born. I'm going to be like, oh, look, my grandbaby. This baby is going to eat your last cookie. (laughs) It's going to happen. Never letting this go. Oh, my God. The day you become a grandmother, I'm going to fucking make all the jokes. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, who the fuck are you? Uh, Hi, I'm Chris. I'm your heterosexual Grom Jabbar. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. And uh, Stephanie, uh, yes, uh. It's a Gungan waterproofing. It's a why we swim so good. <laughs> oh, you. Uh, <laughs> well, even Padme was like, um, I'm not, I don't want to say what yeah, this is. Yeah, this is fucking gross. <laughs> this is disgusting. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so before we jump into the episodes for today, do we have anything, any feedback, any questions, anything? Well, no, we don't have questions. Do you know why? Why don't we have any questions to answer today, Chris? Uh, because we have launched Dark Side Divas Unleashed on our YouTube <gasps> channel. So, <laughs> so now we have a, a place where we can answer all the questions we want that we get from our listeners all the time. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, it has moved a rock because some of y'all are starting to send us some really complex questions. And, <laughs> and it's funny because Steph and I were talking about doing this thing. And I said, yeah, it'll just be 15, 20 minutes. And with yeah. the, even with the questions we got, it was forty-five fucking minutes. Well, actually, <laughs> the original version was an hour. I cut. Yeah, I cut a lot. <laughs> yes, thank you for that because I, I recall what was cut, and I appreciate that. Yeah, so saving everybody's dignity there. Yeah, yeah so we're gonna try to release that on a every other week cadence, and uh, if it takes off, which it seems like it is already, which is awesome, I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, we may do something else there and if you guys uh think of any questions that you want to ask you can you know hit us up on social medias but also go to the episode the last episode of divas unleashed on the youtubes and uh and leave a comment on it yeah and yeah with a question and we'll get to it i've already seen questions where it's going to take like an hour to answer so that's great guys thanks (laughs) (laughs) it's it's good it's good it's good it gives us a backlog of material Anyway, so that'll be really exciting. I don't have anything um, either because we've got a lot of ground to cover today. We do. So we should probably, you want to just, you want to just jump into it? Well, I have one thing. I have one more thing. I do have one more thing. I'm sorry. Okay. I started a controversy, apparently. Did you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, oh, shit, we're talking about this. Oh, are we? Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it right now. Look, y'all, 
the mullet <laughs> has different meaning for different people, right? <laughs> I I I have had friends who grew up in the UK and uh, when they were teenagers, they were it was early 2000s, they were listening to badass rock music and punk music and alternative music, mm-hmm. and that was the haircut of choice for that particular time in that particular sure. part of the world, right? That must be nice. Yeah. Uh, and I get that people like that Stan Obi, uh, mullet one. I get it. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. It's just not my cup of tea. And as I've said in TikTok, if mullet one were to walk into my bedroom and was like, you, sir, sex now, I would be like, okay, <laughs> you know, I have no standards. It's fine. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for you, Steph, but I mm-hmm. have a huge negative association with that hairstyle. For, yeah. for various yeah. reasons, because of what I experienced in my childhood all the way up through my teenage years, mm-hmm. I will never, ever consider that hairstyle <laughs> to look good on anybody. No, it just, it no. So here's the thing. Uh, I personally, uh, you know, I grew up in the American South. Yep. All right. And uh, <laughs> the mullet, even when it's on, here's, the, okay. I love Ewan McGregor. From way back, I love you and McGregor. From, you know, I watched Train Spotting more times than is healthy, and then some more times after that, mm-hmm. back in the day. I think you had like uh, two like, Train Spotting posters in your college dorm room. I did. At I least. did. Which was, which, and I didn't have a lot of wall space, so that mm-hmm. was a lot of heroin chic. Yeah. Scottishness on my walls. But anyway, uh, so I love you and McGregor. Uh, him and Moulin Rouge, that smile, shit. If he would smile and sing at me, that's it. We're done. I will abandon my life and my cookie eating son and I will go and live with that man <laughs> the rest of my days. Uh, because it's, that's just pure magic. And so going into the prequel trilogy, I was like, holy shit, you and McGregor in my Star Wars. That is a peanut butter in my chocolate situation. I cannot wait. And then we got to episode two. They, they put the mullet on him. And I grew up, the mullets I grew up with, we're talking like, um, Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was as chic as the mullet got. And I grew up around people who wore the mullet unironically. Mm -hmm. Who legitimately in the 80s and 90s were like business in the front, party in the back. The boss can't tell me to cut the back of my hair. Okay. So there's a certain negative association that is deep and intense and visceral in me for the mullet. And it was offensive to my spirit to see that hairstyle, to see Dog the Bounty Hunter on top of Ewan McGregor's (laughs) head. I could not. It was not okay with me. It's still not okay with me. If you like the mullet, if you love the mullet, I'm so happy for you. I love that for you. I don't. And I'm never, (laughs) ever gonna. It is the official position of Dark Side Divas that the mullet on Obi-Wan Kenobi is inexcusable. Yep. There. But like we said, if you love it, great. I've even heard people who love the Attack of the Clones movie, which it's not my favorite, but it's Star Wars, so I'm still going to love it, right? Uh, I like that. And I've even heard people recently say they love the dialogue of Attack of the Clones, which... Okay, that's great. I love that you love something. 
And that's all I'm going to say about that. Sure. Yeah. We're going to disagree, but I mean, yeah. I'm glad I am really enjoying how much love the prequel movies are experiencing right now because they did not. They did not. When they no. came out. No. no. All of the vitriol that you guys are seeing right now about the sequel trilogy, that's what was heaped on the prequel trilogy. That was without social media. Right, exactly. And little Jake Lloyd has grown up a scarred person that, because of this that experience. Poor, like, that poor guy. That poor guy. And like all this love that is being just flung at Hayden Christensen because he's going to be coming back in Obi-Wan and in Ahsoka is that's, that was not the case when these movies came out. No, it was opposite of this. There's a reason we haven't seen him since. Yeah. I mean, if if, if they had announced an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie 10 years ago and Hayden Christensen was going to be in it, the wave of booze it would have gotten would have been overwhelming. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but the but the thing is is this gives me hope that you know fast forward 10 15 years and the sequel trilogy will be getting the same love which it deserves. Mhm. So I got to do um you know of course I was at Disneyland so I got to go I was spent half the day in Batu of course and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know uh it, it was around Halloween time so a lot of people show up in costumes and and stuff all the little girls and boys that were waiting in line for Rise of the Resistance, when we get into the front chamber where Ray shows up, mm-hmm. the kids were so happy and so excited, Aww. and it just warmed my black fucking heart. It's just, that's fucking great. Yeah. And I just don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand the hate. But whatever. I mean, I guess if that's what creams your Twinkie, go on. <laughs> just do it don't by creams yourself. creams your Twinkie? Behind closed doors wow. and not where anybody else has to see or hear you. Oh, my. <clears throat> I just don't. I don't. I just fucking sequel haters. Shut up. Anyway. Okay. So <clears throat> moving on. Getting into this whole thing. <sighs> All right. So if you have uh, listened to us before, you know what I'm about to say. Skip ahead about 10 seconds. But if you're new here, what we are doing with this podcast is we are watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. So we started with The Phantom Menace, and now we are moving through Clone Wars. We are today starting season four of Clone Wars. Season four! Season four! I know! I felt like we were going to be stuck in season three forever, but here we are. We made it, baby. Uh, so today we are going to be covering, it's a trilogy, it's an entire ass story arc right at the top of season four. So we are going to be talking about season four, episode one, Water War, season four, episode two, Gungan Attack, Yay. and episode three, Prisoners. Now, there's a lot, and these episodes are pretty much the story is back to back. And so like, we usually do the Jedi fortune cookie and the announcer bit at the top. Uh, but it's like the same information mm-hmm. for all three of these. So do you want to like just do the announcer bit at the top of water war? And then we just don't, don't mess with that again. Yeah. No, I, the rest you know, of this? Um, there's a lot of action in these episodes too. So it, we tend yeah. not to go as play by play with the episode. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot of action, but there's a right. lot of action. Yeah, we've got just a lot of, like, information to cover. This is some really cool shit going down in these episodes. Yeah. We don't need to play-by-play by, play by play the action of it. Okay. But do you do you want to do the announcer bit? Sure, I'm ready. Okay, the first announcer bit, and go. Wait, aren't we going to do fucking Jedi fortune cookie bullshit? I just said I'm not fucking doing that. It was hoosha-boosha power stuff. <laughs> <not> your... <laughs> the... 
something about swords being forged in fire and stuff. All of the Jedi fortune cookies were talking about the prince and how he was growing into his power, which is adorable because I'm pretty sure we're not going to see him again after this trilogy. I know, right? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Water Wars. Tension runs mm-hmm. high on the ocean world of Mon Calamari, where two separate peoples, the aggressive squid-like Quarren and their peaceful neighbor, the Mon Calamari, struggle to maintain a fragile coexistence. Adding to the strife, the king of the Mon Calamari Mari, <laughs> has, been <laughs> mysteri- has been found mysteriously murdered, leaving his Ooh. young son, Prince Lee Char, to guide his people alone. But the Quarren race will not accept the new ruler as their king. Senator Amidala and her Jedi bodyguard have arrived to help resolve the matter and to avoid plunging the planet into civil war. Ba 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 ba. Her Jedi bodyguard, who could that be? Hmm. Who's she got with her? Anakin Skywalker. Oh. Like, why did they just say Anakin Skywalker? That's kind of weird. Because Jedi bodyguard. Yeah, sure. Okay. So just so so we don't think like this is like a second honeymoon. For that <laughs> thing, Honey, do you want to go to Mount Calamari where you can't fucking sit down everywhere? You have to basically swim? <laughs> sure. There's literally no land? Okay, okay. Like, literally okay. no land anywhere, you know. All so. right. So um, basically, like, we're immediately thrown back into it. Top of, of season four. By the way, there's a war. There's a war. War is happening. War, dee, dee, war, war, war. Like, <laughs> just in case you forgot what the second word of the name of this show is it's the clone war so there's a mm-hmm. war uh and we're right into like a a, a parliamentary chamber mm-hmm. on mon calamari everybody's arguing you've got the Quarren, you got the moncals uh the mon calamari and they're all mur, 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 and it's <laughs> immediately apparent that there is more at play here mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Padme Amidala is there as a representative of the Republic, but there's also another guy there who is there as a representative of the Separatists. Dun, dun, dun. So before we dive too deep into this, I want to talk about the topic that made my viewing of these episodes get paused for like 20 minutes Uh-oh. so that the people I was watching it with could geek the fuck out. Uh-oh. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm listening. <laughs> so here's the thing uh if you're gonna be one kind of nerd like a star wars nerd you're probably another kind of nerd too right like equal opportunity opportunity nerdity going on around here uh so my husband is a history nerd oh yeah and oh yes <laughs> and my son uh is following in those footsteps with the 14 year old boy emphasis on war and battles and stuff like that mm-hmm. so immediately they saw what was going on in this legislative chamber they paused it and they were like oh my god it's a proxy war and so my son and my husband geeked out about the proxy war going on on mount calamari so would you would you like to know a very brief version <laughs> <laughs> of what a proxy war is. I, I am just going to sit here and drink my beer and listen to this amazing story. <laughs> so um, a proxy war is a war that is fought ostensibly between two smaller powers, but they are definitely representing the interests of much larger powers that will help and support them in their fight. Mm-hmm. So it's like a puppet war. You know, so in this instance, on Mon Calamari, we've got this conflict between the, uh, the, okay, so the planet is Mon Cal, the people are the Mon Calamari, and I will try to keep that straight. Uh, we've got this conflict between the Mon Calamari and the Quarren. And the Quarren are being backed by the Separatists, and the Mon Calamari are being backed by the Republic. Mm-hmm. So this is a small reflection of the larger intergalactic conflict. Mm-hmm. And so the Separatists and the Republic are fighting it out using these two peoples here. 
which is dirty pool. You shouldn't do this. It's ugly. Proxy wars have been happening throughout, as long as people have been having wars, there have been proxy wars. Um, of one really good example that's from, you know, m- the more modern era is the Korean War. Right. Because that was um, not long after wo- World War II had ended. So large global superpowers were uninterested in getting into direct conflict with each other because they had already seen what getting in direct conflict with each other would do. So this was the Cold War era, mm-hmm. where f- wars were fought by proxy, such as in Korea, uh, where that was supposed to be a war between North Korea and South Korea. But North Korea had the backing of China and the Soviet Union and a number of other countries. And South Korea had the backing of the US and the UN and a number of other countries. So... It was this little microcosm conflict between two small powers reflecting the much larger conflict. And that is what is happening here on Moncal in these three episodes. Wow. And that's the short version. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I love them. And I love that they can geek out like that. They're so fucking smart. That's badass so that you can do that. Anyway, so Proxy War. Yay. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, so let's talk about the Corridor of Mon Calamari. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, so we are, this is our first time on Mon Cal right. in Clone Wars. So real quick, uh, Mon Cala is an oceanic planet in the binary star Mon Calamari system of the Outer Rim Territories. It is entirely an ocean. There are no surface land masses, though some of the cities do reach above the surface. 99.99% of everything that happens on this planet happens underwater. Right. Okay. And it is the home of two humanoid amphibious sentient species, the Mon Calamari and the Quarren. Mm-hmm. And the Mon Calamari and the Quarren, I mean, like, I'm not sure how they could not be in conflict. The Mon Calamari are described repeatedly as industrious and peaceful. And the Quarren are described repeatedly as quarrelsome, bellicose, prideful. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And they spray out ink everywhere, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's annoying. <laughs> Luckily, we have changed squid anatomy, so they're squirting the ink from their faces. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that. At the end. Yeah, yeah, we'll that. talk about that okay. later. <laughs> so, uh, details on the species themselves. So, the Mon Calamari. Uh, they are, they have high domed heads, large goggle-like eyes, webbed fingers on their hands, and each finger is tipped with a claw, and they have like suction cups on the palms of their hands. They are very octopusy, <laughs> like octopuses, octopi, octopodes. <laughs> so, certainly not octopussy. That would be a very awkward thing to say. God damn it. It always gets back to vagina, doesn't it? Oh, it's always the vagina. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, the, <laughs> their, <laughs> damn it. their skin color can vary depending on the temperature of the water where they were spawned. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were, it, tropical waters are, they have more colorful skin. In the colder polar regions, they are less colorful. Interesting. Okay. Um, and they are, uh, also the females of the species apparently have boobs. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> what the fuck? Why does the octopus fish lady need tits? Well, why not? How, are you, how else are you going to tell that she's a woman, Steph? Mm. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, there are no other gender markers that we could possibly give these creatures. It has to be mammary glands. <laughs> because once again, I've addressed this before, I'm going to do it again. It's called a mammary gland because mammals... Mm-hmm. And mammals are called mammals because mammary glands. One of the markers of being a mammal is that you nurse your young. So are we saying that the Mon Cal are nursing their young? 
Is that what? Is that what's with the tits? Why is there tits on a fish? Is what well, I want to know. That's that's our new tagline for the show. Why are there tits on a fish? What's going on there? Come on. Like, was were they designed by fucking Bioware? Is that what happened here? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably. Anyway, I'm very frustrated with the human-like sexual dimorphism. Like they, you just. Oh, Fucking, you know what? I'm moving on. I'm moving yeah, on. The Mon Calamari are famed for their starship construction. We move on to the Quarren. God damn it. So the Quarren are very squiddy, which doesn't sound dirty at all. No. So no, thanks, it sounds thanks totally, for that. Totally copacetic. <laughs> they are uh, noted for their four, they have facial tentacles, mm. uh, large turquoise colored eyes. They have finned hands that end with suction cup tipped fingers. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, I went straight there. Oh, I, I, oh that dude is totally... Uh... <laughs> and he's got yeah. tentacles on his yeah. face? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Whew. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the pointy things on the sides of their heads have gill-like things on them. That's not gills. Those are their hearing organs. And we're not talking... Nobody would identify what the hell the butt sack is on the back of their head. <laughs> <laughs> they have a sack on the back of their head. Looks like a butt. Uh, it, maybe that's where the, the ink comes from. I think that, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> sure. Their skin color ranges in color from orange to salmon to tan to pink to purple, and they can, as needed, spit out clouds of ink. Mm-hmm. Good for them. And uh, these species have uh, coexisted on Moncala for as long as Moncala has been making species, and they don't coexist well. No. Apparently. I... I was reading, uh, I think this is Legends, I know, uh, canon Legends, blah, 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 but I was reading, according to some Legends stories, that while the Mon Calamari are more technologically savvy, mm-hmm. the Quarren actually are more spacefaring. Like, they're more likely to go across the, uh, the galaxy and settle elsewhere. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that- huh. Well, maybe it's because they're tired of living on the Golden Child's planet. calamari tired of living in the place where they are considered the the sullen unwanted middle child so yeah i'd leave too fuck it yeah there you go so anyway what's going on what's going on in this room yeah so they're uh they're having a debate no one's no one is uh recognizing prince lee char's rule except for the other monk calamari uh padme and anakin are in these stupid ass looking (laughs) uh deep dive suits like just watching it's not flattering but i will say uh that whoever designed this scuba suit for padme and then later we'll see it on ahsoka um also apparently was in charge of designing the hazmat suit from padme back in the blue shadow virus right uh because they gave her a dump truck of an ass (laughs) in this suit like congratulations ma'am you doing squats in the Senate chambers or something? Because that's paying off. Yeah, let, let's make sure it's form fitting. Because why the fuck not? But yeah, but well, only for the women. For, for the same reason, we right, right, okay, exactly. Yeah. So Padme's got this, this got this ass. Ventress, when we see her, she she got that back. Like, and Ahsoka, now that she's a little older, we can focus a little more on her bootay. Yeah, I'm still not going to. That's so, but, it's so weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But. But no, but why all my clones got to be walking around there like Ken dolls? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. They have form-fitting armor on. Right. What the fuck? Right. Why can't I get just one, just one ass on a dude? Just, just one little, just a little, a little peach bottom. Just something to, oh, please. No, only women. And also tits on a fish. Yeah. So, uh, so we have uh, Captain uh, Akbar. Right. Okay. Okay. So the major players in the room. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta give you a rundown of these voice actors. Okay, <laughs> go with me on this. All right. So, uh, Prince Lechar, he is the surviving son of the assassinated King Yoskolina. <laughs> Would you like to know why Lechar's name is Lechar? Because it so... sounds like a slightly odd name, didn't it? Yeah, I'm so scared that you're gonna go here, but here we go. <laughs> Prince Lechar is named Prince Lechar, as in Charlie the Tuna. The Starkist Tuna mascot. Okay, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm leaving. Not even kidding. That is from the official StarWars.com information. That's not speculation. He was named after Charlie the Tuna. Okay. Yeah. There's one name that I got one up on that that's more ridiculous, but let's keep going down the list. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so Prince Lee Char is voiced by Adam MacArthur. Uh, he plays a character by the name of Marco Diaz in a Disney show called Star vs. the Forces of Evil. <gasps> no way. You know this show? I don't know this show. Uh, I mean, I smoke weed, so yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Do you, do you like the show? Is it's- Marco Diaz good? Yeah. That's a great okay. show. Who does he play? Okay. Marco Diaz, she said for the third time. Oh, wait. I'm, wait. Wait. What's the... What's the, what's the Adam the, MacArthur okay. is the actor. I got com- Marco I got Diaz confused. is the character. Okay. I love you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> y'all, I am tired today, so, you know. It's okay. It's is, been a day. It's been a week. Dark Here Side, we go. This, this episode of Dark Side Divas is now officially the Stephanie show, so... <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, because that's different than every other episode. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay, pause. This this bitch is like between every time she edits an episode. Sorry, I'm such an asshole. This bitch, Expose me. I this need jerk, it. <laughs> this jerk is like, oh my god, I talk so much. I'm so conscientious of how much I talk. Oh my god, oh my god. And I'm like, it's fine. You're the more entertaining one anyway. And she's like, no, it's not. So for her to, for her to call my ass out now, mm, no sympathy for you, ma'am. None. None. Anyway, keep going, Karen. <laughs> Sorry. I need a second. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> this is why I do this podcast. These moments, these moments are wonderful. Oh my god, people! Uh, it takes some some rock solid friendship to endure moments like that, <laughs> or something. <laughs> That was was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, is it's not true. I talk so much, and that's my personal failing as a human. Uh, But, like, Chris is, I wouldn't be able to do this at all. Like, I I would still be sitting at home going, gosh, I like Star Wars by myself (laughs) without talking into a microphone. There would be no podcast. Like, there is no shepherd without Vicarian, okay? Okay. 
Golly gee, Willikers, I like Star Wars. <laughs> I wish I could talk about it in public, but I'm too shy. Yeah, right? So, yeah. Okay. Now, but, uh, if you're gonna, you can't make a leap without a friend to leap with. There that's you go. What I'm saying. That's, that's, fuck, that's a fucking fact right there. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, okay. So, so back to the characters. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> also, in this room, we have Captain... Uh, it's either Guile or Giel. G-I-A-L. Uh, Guile. I'm going to call it Guile. Giel? Guile. Giel? Twilight. Twee? <laughs> Giel? Twi- I don't know. Giel? He's fucking Akbar. Captain Akbar. It's Akbar. It's Captain Akbar. Uh, and Captain Akbar, we know this guy. He is a male Mon Calamari military officer. Over the course of these episodes, he's acting as the personal bodyguard and advisor to Prince Leechar. He seems like a good guy. I hope we see him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a trap! Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Uh, he is voiced by Art Butler. Art Butler uh, has also played Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat Legends. What? And Rafael Diaz in Star vs. the Forces of Evil. <laughs> yeah? Okay. You're hating on me so much today. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> there is another Mon Calamari in the room. Her name is Senator Mina Tills. Uh, she she is voiced by Anna Graves, a.k.a. Satine Kreis. Mm-hmm. And... Um, She's the fish with the tits. Uh, she's the, <laughs> the most egregious example of this lady Mon Calamari. And you know she's a lady because she has lady boobs on the front. I have so much problem with that animation. I'm going to let it go in three, two. Okay. This character <laughs> three, originally two, appeared. Three, two, boobs. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> this character originally appeared in Revenge of the Sith as a male character. But because she that character was named after a Lucasfilm employee named Tina Mills. Mina Tills, oh. Tina Mills, uh, uh, oh. and Tina Mills. Tina Mills is a lady person, so they turned this character into a lady here in the Clone Wars. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, but also swimming around this room is the representative of the Separatists. <coughs> Excuse me. I just, just all those just, S's. <coughs> is Count Dooku force choking you right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yes. Uh, Rift Hamson. Mm-hmm. We meet Rift Hamson. Who's this? Rift Hamson. Hmm? Who's the voice actor? Okay, I'm going to get to it. Mm-hmm. Right now. He's voiced by Gary Anthony Williams. Now, check this out. Gary Anthony Williams was in a little show called The Boondocks. <gasps> Never seen he it. Was Uncle, he was Uncle Ruckus. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it. You don't care. He was in Horizon Zero Dawn in the Frozen Wilds DLC. Burgrind, uh, he gives you a quest to go find the three hunters that are out there somewhere. Uh, he has various voices in Rick and Morty, Bob's Burgers, American Dad, Star Wars Resistance, the epic tales of Captain Underpants in space. In The Lion Guard, he's the voice of Mufasa. <laughs> and he is the voice of Rich Pigeon and Harry Monster in Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Wow, there's a lot. Not even. <laughs> so, who was he in? Uh, do you know who he was in Rick and Morty? Because his voice was no. so familiar to me, but I, I can't quite nail down. Nah, bitch, I didn't write that. Down. Okay, I'll look that later. Yeah, you get you. You, no, I, you know what? I ask you these things. I don't bother looking this shit up on my own. <laughs> but I do, why would you? I wouldn't. Um, I do want to talk about Rift Tamsin, but I think you need to get through the other uh, one other character at least. I think, don't you? The Cor- the Corin Senator. 
Yeah, I'm going to get to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rift Hamson, he is a whole new species. We have never seen this before. He's called a Carcharodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are shark people. The sharks, the shark people. Uh, they are shark-like amphibious humanoids native to the planet Carcharis. They are extremely fast swimmers, as we will see. Mm-hmm. They have a noted tendency to bite the fuck out of people, as we will see. Mm-hmm. They have webbed hands and feet, and they swim with their feet together like a, like a vertical shark tail. Well, it's really cool. Really cool. I love that. Yeah. Very, it was an awesome detail. And uh, he is a massive asshole. Huge. He's a bully. Wow. He's a giant yeah. fucking bully. Do you know who else is a giant fucking bully, Steph? Who? Uh, uh, Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. <gasps> is that why his name is Rift Hampson? That's why his name is Rift Hampson. Oh, my yeah. God. I didn't even pick up on that. Uh-huh. I'm so disappointed in myself right now. When I heard his name in full, the second episode, I believe it was, oh I was like, wait God. a fucking minute, and I found show notes about that. Oh my God, that's fucking, okay, Star Wars names. I'm going to let you have this one because that's fucking great. Yeah. So, am I allowed to be, so this episode got me sexually confused. <laughs> Are you attracted to Rift Hampson? Am I allowed to be tra- attracted to a shark person? Like, what the fuck? What happened to me? Be, What's going you, on? Maybe you could you'd be attracted to any cluster of pickles. Pickles? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I love pickles, too. Pixels. Pixels. I meant pixels. Any cluster of pixels you want to be attracted to, you go for it. I don't care. Uh, he, I, I don't, I don't personally, he's not for me. Um, but you do you, boo. I'm not going to stop you. All right. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> Did you notice that every time that, uh, Riff, apparently sexy to Chris Tamsin, uh, gets close, gets like close to the camera or he gets a close up shot, there's a Jaws theme playing in the background. Yes, I love it. They can't stop making fun of him for being a shark. Okay. There's one more notable character in this room and that is, um... The leader of the Koran, who has invited the Separatist presence here. His name is Nosarai. <clears throat> and he is voiced by, guess, guess, guess who's voicing him. I'm not going to, no, because you're going to make fun of me more, and I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> you got a 50-50 shot. Flip a coin. You Roll know, a die. I you know you got hate some. I this. I hate this so much. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. I really don't. It's, it's Corey Burton. <laughs> okay, fine. Corey, thanks, Corey Burton, for y- your... <laughs> Depiction of this dickhead character. Thank you. Appreciate it. Corey Burton is the voice of Nosarai and Count Dooku mm-hmm. in this episode. Nosarai is a male Koran. He is the reigning chieftain of the Koran on Mon Cala, and he is the one who brought this ruin upon us all by calling the Separatists. Wasn't he temporarily a senator, too? I, I didn't see that anywhere. I thought he was but... the same Koran that they talked to back in that one... Oh, I, I don't even remember Clone Wars episode names. No, anymore. no, that was a that was a different Corn. Okay, uh, but I, I I can see that they all look alike to you. And, uh, <laughs> that's a that, you problem. That is a me problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I would like to formally apologize to all Corin for thinking they all look the same. I did, all the squids. All the squids out there. <laughs> okay, so okay. I've talked for long a fuck enough. Go, Chris. No, so uh, anyway, so we're in this chamber. There is a back and forth. Riff, Riff is definitely there to stir up the shit, and he is very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like fuck y'all, we ain't dealing with y'all anymore, and they all back away. And, right. And Prince Lee Char is so feeling so overwhelmed and disappointed. And fucking Akbar, man, what a 
motivational speaker. Right? He's so inspiring. Like, I really hope that he gets, like, promoted or something after this. Like, surely. Yeah. Right? Like, he's just, he's a good dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Riff and uh, uh, Chieftain Rai, whatever his fucking name is, uh, they, uh, they go back, and apparently Count Dooku got himself some funding. <laughs> because Riff is well, he doesn't have to feed an apprentice anymore, so that probably helps. Yeah, God, that fucking thing took, was expensive, I guess. Uh, yeah, so you know, uh, they talk to Dooku, and Dooku is all excellent. I'm going to be evil now. We're going to send, uh, uh, you know, is everything ready? Is the plan about to commence? And mm-hmm. Riff is like, yes, motherfucker. But this is where the other conflict of the whole story begins because it begins very, very early where. Riff is like very aggressive and very ready to like destroy everyone. Mm-hmm. Nasa Rai is like, uh, I mean, maybe some moderation. In fact, uh, briefly, like right before they leave the chamber to break up the break up the band, so to speak, uh, Nasa Rai like kind of has a brief moment with the prince and is like, I knew your father. Mm-hmm. Your father was my trusted friend. I am sorry for your loss. That kind of let, sets the seeds for what's going to happen later in this arc. Yeah, like Nasserai doesn't want to wreck the planet. He just wants to be in charge of it. He doesn't want the Mon Calamari to be in charge anymore. Right. Uh, so, uh, but the you don't send somebody like Rift Hampson when you're planning on negotiating any kind of peaceful outcome. That's why you send Padme Amidala. <laughs> so, Who doesn't fucking help whatsoever. Uh, well, she tries to help for a half a second. She's like, hi, hey, we're the Republican. We're here to yeah, try and help preserve like, the peace. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, hey. And then the response was, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and then she was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to turn my bodyguard loose on everybody. So yeah, kind of how that went. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, what does Dooku order? Oh, Dooku's like, you know, order the attack. Uh, get bitches ready. And we're going to mm-hmm. attack uh, all the Mon Calamari people and enslave them exactly. eventually. My favorite thing is that Lee Char is back in the in the room with all the Mon Calamari. Oh He's like trying to calm everybody down. I right? felt so bad for him when this happened. He's like, look, it's fine. And he literally says, I do not believe the Quarren will attack. <laughs> the very next line is Riff Tamsin screaming, attack! <laughs> while all the Quarren and the Aquadroids, because they're back, mm-hmm. attack the city. And then the next line is Akbar going up to the window, looking out and going, It's an attack! <laughs> Which so, is a callback to Return of the Jedi, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Prince Charlie, but that didn't not go well for you. Yeah, so we get to see the Aquadroids really uh, flex a little bit more, because when we saw them last time, mm-hmm. they were on Kamino. They had to do a lot of land shit, and they didn't really get to like use their full suite of of power. Um, I thought it was super cool that they really showed off the fact that they have like sonar capability. Yeah, so they are extremely dangerous because if you're in, underwater, mm-hmm. they f- can fucking see you. Yeah, and I love that. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. I also, and that, that ends up being a major problem. Yeah, later on. I so. also love they say Roger, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, they have that voice that's like somewhere between a B1 and a B2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's underwater. I love them. Anyway. Yeah, they're pretty great. So uh, the attack, the initial battle, it's really cool. Okay, so uh, one of my favorite things about these episodes is the animation. Mm-hmm. Is amazing. It's so good. We really see, because last season they developed that um, that unique software for 
creating like depth of field and particulates mm-hmm. uh, floating by and stuff like that. And they really put that through its paces for these episodes because it really feels like things that are in the water that are farther away have stuff like in between you and them. And there's like stuff that floats by clouding the water and there's, um, you know, beams of light that pierce the water here and there and stuff. It's so good. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. These are beautifully animated episodes. However, the cost of doing this beautiful animation for all of this underwater stuff is they had to cut budget somewhere. Uh-huh. They cut it on the lightsabers. They did. Yeah. They really did. Because yeah. the, the lightsabers should be boiling the water immediately around them. Mm-hmm. We saw it in the Tartagoski Clone Wars. In Kit Fisto's episode, his lightsaber was just like... <laughs> boiling noises. I can't make noises. How was that again? that's what boiling sounds like right okay sure (laughs) (laughs) anyway so yeah the the uh lightsaber should boil uh but it doesn't and because they just didn't have the budget to also animate that with as many lightsabers as they have doing as much lightsaber shit as they do Mm -hmm. over these episodes so yeah i remember reading a very similar interview with uh pixar animators where they always told said that the most expensive things to animate are clouds, boiling effects, mm-hmm. and water. Right. And there's just, there's so much water movement. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not surface of the water, like waves or anything like that. No. Although we do have that briefly mm-hmm. um, a couple of times. But no, this is just, there's so much liquid movement. Like, uh, like we get, uh, the Republic sends in reinforcements to help them out. And so we get a really cool scene where they're like dropping uh, troops in. Uh, where they're dropping clone troopers and uh, Kit Fisto and Ahsoka mm-hmm. show up. And um, in that scene, oh, uh, we do get a ding on the nose art counter. <laughs> I know this one. I looked this one up. Kit Fisto's gunship has on the nose painted a bomb with Kit Fisto's grinning face on it. And in Oribesh underneath it, it says service with a smile. <laughs> and I think we could all do with a little... Kit Fisto service. I, I, I agree. <laughs> With a smile. God damn. Because he does show up to the, because, you know, he's a water dude. Yeah. So he shows up to this wearing some shorts. And that's it. And that's it. And hats off to whoever lovingly crafted every bulging muscle on that frame. Because I know. At least we got biceps, abs, and all that stuff. At least. And thighs. Some rock solid thighs. Still no booty, though. Yeah. What is up with. What the Fuck. Are they allergic to ass on men? I guess so. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. But everything else on him is lovely. I mean, just Jedi training just keeps you fit. Doesn't it? Just just fit as can be. <laughs> so pretty. And he's all he's all smiley in his swim trunks. But the most notable thing about him throughout these episodes is the movement of his tentacles. Yeah. They're just they're just constantly just flowing and he can control them like at one point he's trying to be sneaky and his tentacles kind of go up ahead of him and then he pulls them back so they don't get seen and stuff it's really cool and uh everything going on with with rift tamsin's animation like here's here's where you lose me on being attracted to him because the way his jaw moves it's freaky i'm not okay with it it's freaky because he's a shark, so the, the whole thing, like, comes unhinged, yeah. and, like, it just opens up, ah, this huge roaring maw. He roars a lot, and it's just hot, and it's just full of teeth, and it's, uh, uh, it's a It's a personality attraction, you know? 
<laughs> oh, wow, are you broken? <laughs> oh, so broken. <laughs> and, 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 his, and his pecs and arms. Okay, anyway. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, the animation with the water and everything is so good. And we get this whole underwater society and like the city is designed to look like a bunch of Mon Calamari ships all kind of pointed nose up. That was like one of my favorite parts of the animation was seeing like these buildings that look like Mon Calamari ships but standing vertical. I loved it. I loved it so much. That was so pretty. And like the tubes. Mm -hmm. The tubes were amazing. That's a a bit of foreshadowing, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, we find out significantly later in the Bad Batch that Camino has a network of tubes too. (gasps) Oh! You're right. Yeah. Oh my god, I did not even put that together. Mm-hmm. That's why you're on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <Did laughs> Remind me of things like shit? that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Sorry, I'm just I have this big ass pile of notes. What else happened? Go. Yeah, talk. I mean, we the, the action starts, and we're not going to do a play by play. Y'all have got to no. watch it. I have to. It's s- so good. I have to it's say, so well overall, done. over all three episodes, because there's action in all three episodes. Just mm-hmm. because it's underwater, I love how the action, even though it's like, you know, individual people with guns or lightsabers going into charge and fight, it mm-hmm. really feels more like a starfighter battle because Yeah. Yeah, because it's all three dimensional. And I love mm-hmm. that's what I loved about these three episodes so much. They really took advantage of the fact that these were you know, they were underwater the whole time and they really mm-hmm. leveraged that that plot device so well across all three episodes. So yeah, Cheap. attacks could come from any direction. All directions. At any yeah. time. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a bunch of fucking fighting. Um, so the clones that they dropped in. Yeah, the scuba troopers. <laughs> <laughs> the scuba troopers. Scuba troopers. <laughs> uh, so they are led by Commander Monk, uh, who is Kit Fisto's commander. That's Kit Fisto's Rex, or Cody, is Commander Monk. Okay. Uh, and Monk, M-O-N-N-K, for some reason. Uh, they don't know how to spell they don't have to spell monk and <laughs> teach them that. Anyway, uh, and the this particular group of troopers are, uh, they are outfitted as clone scuba troopers. Mm-hmm. They are trained and outfitted for underwater combat. They are wearing clone dive armor. So the, the dive armor, you may have noticed, I noticed because I noticed these things. It doesn't have like the cod piece on it. <laughs> <laughs> that... The armor itself, like, there's not as much armor plating on the legs and such. They don't have all of the armor pieces that Phase 1 or Phase 2 land armor would have because it needs to be lighter. Because they have to swim. Because they have to swim. Now, the suit will help them swim. Uh, It's got a six-jet mini propulsion system built in. Mm On, uh, I think there's a jet on each limb and and, uh, two jets on their back. So there's six jets in total. And I'm going to read you this quote from Wikipedia describing this armor. Okay. Okay. It says, quote, clone dive armor could provide a 12 hour supply of oxygen. And during that time, the wearer also had a supply of fresh water, nutrition supplements, and other biological necessities. I.e. they shit in their suit. They shit in their suit. But like, and that was, you know, that's, that was one of the things like these episodes go on and on. And I'm like, some of us are not amphibians. Like at any point, are we going to be concerned about oxygen? No. Hand wave that. We're not, we're also not worried about anybody getting the bends by going straight up and straight down from enormous depths. We're not, no, we're not worried about any of that. 
Wow. Stop. This is Star Wars, not Star Trek. We don't care about the science. So fucked up. We care about the story. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to know. Yeah. We don't need to know all that stuff. We really right. don't. <laughs> so what is the goal of the Separatists on this planet? Well, it depends who you ask, but let's mm-hmm. go with Dark Count Dooku's perspective. Uh, his goal is to conquer the, the world. Uh, and right. he has promised Riff, uh, uh, without the Korans knowing about it, of course, he promised right. Riff that he will be leader of uh, of this particular world. Uh, I'm assuming mm-hmm. the shark people race are warfaring and conquerors and want to take over as much of the galaxy as he possibly can. Problem is, is that I mean, you can infer that. Yeah. yeah. Problem is that they're shark people. There's only so many worlds. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, Mon Calamari, I'm assuming, is a great catch because of all the technology mm-hmm. and potential slaves you can have to build more shit, all that fun stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Some highly skilled slave labor. Very, yeah. In that particular population. Mm-hmm. And he, Dooku gives Rift Tamsin a very particular goal. Uh, he tells him that he needs to kill Prince Lee Char. Ah, uh, yes, because hope. If Prince yes. Lee Char were to stay alive, that will still give the people hope, and hope is a very deadly thing for a Sith. <laughs> the whispering of his name can rekindle hope, and hope is something we cannot allow our enemy to possess. <laughs> you could, you could whisper that to me. Right. Like at night. I know, right? <laughs> in, in the dark. Just right in my <laughs> ear. That'd be great. Yeah. So, you know, so the, the, there's fighting, fighting. There's various parts where, uh, you know, the prince, you know, the prince isn't confident in anything yeah, he's doing. He's very at the young. Time. Yeah. yeah. And he's constantly having to defer to other people. Like, what do I do? And like, well, you're you're going to be king, so you need to decide. But I recommend this. And then he's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's do that, you know? Um, right. And and the battle initially doesn't start off very very well. They try to get behind the line of the of the, mm-hmm. the droid army. Doesn't work out. They have to retreat a little bit. But then uh, we get the reinforcements, which include Ahsoka and mm-hmm. uh, uh, your boyfriend. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto and the scuba troopers. And then they're able to turn the tide of battle temporarily. Right. And it's during that fight that we see uh, why the fight is so difficult is because the the aqua the aquabats are very formidable in their chosen terrain. But also um, Rift Hamzen is a monster. He's a monster. He's like literally eating people. (laughs) He's literally biting faces and just and, you know, when the clones get in there, when the when the reinforcements do arrive, we get this horrific scene of Rift Hamzen grabbing a clone by the leg and shaking him I know. like like a dog and just dragging him around. This poor clone is screaming and being shaken by a shark. And that's like all of my caveman instincts don't like that. Nope. At all. Nope. 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 Uh, so that's actually our first war crime. Oh. Of the episode. Wait, biting no, it, somebody by the leg and shaking them <laughs> is a war crime? <laughs> Not specifically codified in that way. So okay. there's actually a lot of war crimes over these episodes. Oh, yeah. So I would just like to preface, uh, because we've talked about war crimes before. We're going to keep talking about war crimes because it is Star Wars. So that's a subject <laughs> that's going to keep coming up. But 
in, in talking about war crimes before, we have had people, a lot of people, make the predictable counter-argument that this isn't Earth, and so there's no Earth law, and so they don't have the Geneva Conventions or the United Nations or the Red Cross or any of that shit out there, so they don't have to follow our laws. There's no politics in Star Wars. Same thing, Women right. shouldn't be Jedi. <laughs> there's no Japanese culture in Star Wars. Y'all shut the fuck up. Go away. Just shut up. God. So to to those people, in addition to what Chris said, I second all of that. But to those people, I also say, I know. I know. I get that Earth law does not apply in the galaxy far, far away. However, this is fiction. And these stories are written by and performed for Earthlings from Earth. (laughs) So it is important to recognize that we are being shown something for a purpose, for a reason, for that, so that we do not get comfortable or complacent about these actions. That we need to see that this is, we're being shown a war crime so that we will recognize a war crime when we see it in real life. So that kids who are watching Clone Wars can see, hey, torturing people, that's bad. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some dark side shit. It's so that we can learn from it. And sci-fi is always holding up a mirror to to society. And always. That, that's, that has always been the function of science fiction. And for all that Star Wars leans really heavily to the fantasy end of the sci-fi spectrum, it's still sci-fi. And so... It has always been the mission of Star Wars to teach us about war and our conduct during war. And yes, again, the other argument against war crimes is, um, but it's war. People are going to get killed in war. Bad shit's going to happen. It's war. I know. I know. And the Geneva Conventions and every war crime law that's ever been thrown out there takes into account that this is war and bad things happen, but the way things happen matters. Mm-hmm. We're going to be killing people, sure, but the way that we kill people matters. So, having your soldiers char the bat- charge the battlefield and bite the faces off of their enemy combatants, that's, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. I'm going to speculate here that physically biting chunks out of your enemy on the battlefield would fall under the cruel treatment and outrages upon personal dignity uh, that are prohibited very explicitly by by these laws. Yeah, but that's his prime... I mean, hmm, I don't know about that. He could pick up a weapon. The Wookiees won't use their claws in a fight because it's wrong. Okay, fair. Okay, you've, you've, cha- you've changed my mind just like that. There. Hooray! I win! That's it! Uh, thanks for listening, everybody! <laughs> I'm getting fucked off this right now! Oh, shit! <laughs> click stop, click stop! Oh, we're shit done, happens done, done. in your two episodes, we're done. Bye. <laughs> no, that's a good point, because, like, 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 we do have species that are like, I could use use this really horrible aspect of my, mm-hmm. you know, my, my species, but I'm not, because that's too much. Right. I'll just rip exactly. off your arms. <laughs> I'm I am a civilized sentient being. I'm not going to I'm not going to rip you apart with my claws. I'm going to with my bare hands remove your limbs and beat you to death with them. That's different. Right. It's very different. <laughs> I guess. Uh but no, Wookiees, you know, they use weapons. Mm-hmm. There there's an, a certain a sense of evolution there that Rift Hamzen is not leaning into I, at all. I mean, it it is clear that Rift Hamzen is a villainous horrible person. So He's awful. Maybe so 
Anyway. Oh, baby. I know. I can't help it. When he does, we'll, we'll talk about it in the when we get to the third episode. But uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they get the reinforcements. They they push back uh, mm-hmm. the separatists and Korean forces. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was always the plan. Do you know why that was always the plan? Why was that always the plan, Chris? Because they needed to make room for the most horrible and evil fucking weapon in all of Star Wars. It makes my skin crawl just watching that. Oh my god. But what what could you be talking about? I'm talking about hydroid medusas. Hydroid medusas. Uh, now, I remember looking at this because they are partially biologic and our division of labor is that I bring up, you know, new species and stuff like that and you take care of technology and I was like, God, I don't want to have to research these. I don't like them. So I'm so glad you did. Go. Yeah, so let's talk about jellyfish first. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't like jellyfish. Have you ever been stung by a jellyfish? Unfortunately. Yeah, I had to go to the yeah, ER. Yeah, me too. ER, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you ask your average surfer, would you prefer dealing with a great white shark or be in a field of jellyfish, they will say great white shark, like without hesitation. Oh. Jellyfish are awful. They mm. are brutally poisonous they don't give a fuck yeah they have no mind because they don't have a brain they don't have, they don't a, have a central nervous system they don't they don't they literally can't right give a fuck about yeah you. uh if you cut ha- cut them in half they regenerate <laughs> when they die they fall to the bottom of the ocean and polyps uh, emerge from them creating like at least what, what was it five to twelve more jellyfish oh god yeah that's how they fucking breed it is a horrible, like, they are a pestilence in the ocean. They are the worst type of creature. And anything related to the jellyfish types, you know, because you have man of wars and all that kind of stuff. They are, right. they are all awful and evil. So that's why they are such, such like, uh, such a template for horror for me. Uh-huh. Um, and to see really big ones that are half machine. Really big. Really big, like the size of buildings. Half machine, half organic. Uh, what I think I don't know, you know, I, I there wasn't a lot of information about them, but again, I went in deep into the nerd forums Yay. back into 2012. It went oh, wow. So one thing that becomes clear to anybody the the good guys that fought them, it seemed that their blaster fire and lightsaber attacks weren't working. Oh, right. Well, the thing is, they were working. They just regenerated very quickly, so it didn't oh. so it didn't really fucking matter. And that's why they're mm. so horrible. That's why later the Boombas do work because the Boombas are able to neutralize the whole jellyfish at once. What's a what's a Boomba? The Gungan bombs. Oh right, yeah. right, right, right. We'll talk about Boombas in a second because I do want to talk <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, the these uh, hydro medusas were created by the shark people. They came from the Kakaradons. They come from their home world. I had found a thread where there was some evidence that. These creatures in their fully organic form were a pestilence on on the planet that they were from, and they were eventually enslaved. And instead of being utterly destroyed, uh, the shark people decided to uh, make a synthetic organic version of them so they could weaponize them. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's likely mm, all the Carcharodons are assholes. All of them, yeah. At least, at least all the ones in charge of weapons development and military maneuvers. Yeah, so a slight problem with these weapons, quote-unquote, is yes, they can be told what to do. Uh, they're really hard to transport. 
Very, very mm-hmm. hard. Because they're fucking huge. They're fucking and they're huge. jellyfish. Yeah. Now, the only good thing about that is that they can be dropped from space. <laughs> 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 but but other than that, um, yeah, they're they're really expensive. Um, this had to have been part of Dooku's calculus. Is like, look, I can hook you up with droids, but I heard you guys have these giant jellyfish. Right, because Rift Hamzen is not the kind of person Dooku would normally want to associate with. No. So it, you're probably right. It had to do with the fact that uh, if you promise Rift Hamzen his own planet, he'll bring his own weapons and soldiers. Which he does. And so yes. Dooku's like, yeah, okay. I mean, I kind of like him more than Grievous, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but that's like a low, low bar, like... That bar's on the floor of liking somebody more than you like Grievous. <laughs> I'm saying. Grievous is not exactly cuddly. No. 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 It's quite pointy at parts. And not in a fun way. Cool. Anyway, you were saying? Sorry. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, so unfortunately, the appearance of these monstrosities uh, force everyone to uh, fall back completely. But what a scene. So intense. Because like they dropped them. They brought them in really low. Yeah. So everybody's like, okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. Everything's calm now. And then this glow starts coming up from beneath because all of the hydroid medusas glow. So horrifying. Holy shit. Have you, oh my God. Have you been to an aquarium where there are jellyfish? Yes. Isn't it horrifying? It's awful. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, but it's horrifying because like, you know, they're, they're usually like deep in the ocean. And so when they come up mm-hmm. to eat, cause that's what they're, that's why they're coming up and the sun hits them. You're like, Oh, that's pretty. Oh, I'm dying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so horrifying. Yeah. Um, and was it during this fight where they're like, okay, we need princely Char needs to get out of here and we need to like draw attention away from him so that nobody's attacking him. Uh, that was the and second then- episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. No, this one was like, we need to, like, this is where Akbar has to tell the prince, you know, sometimes the heart, oh, the, yeah, right. the hardest lesson is when to retreat to fight another day. And the mm-hmm. prince is like, I don't want to. And Akbar's like, uh, yes, you do, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And they go down into the caves. Right. For to be safe. Okay, okay, okay. I can keep up. I'm good. And that's, I'm good. that's basically the first episode, which we've been talking yeah. about for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's how we do. That's how We're we do. We're terrible. We don't pace ourselves with shit. That's how we shit. do. Um, Kit Fisto had a really good time blowing up one of the Medusas. He, so he smiled. Yeah. He smiled so prettily about it. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. And then um, they capture a bunch of prisoners out of that exchange. And Dooku orders uh, Rift Hamzen, and in front of Nosserai, orders Rift Hamzen to take all of the prisoners um, to the internment camps. To internment camps and then put them to work as slave labor. Yep. And he's like, uh, you mean just the men, right? Not the women and children? Excuse me, Count Dooku, but what of the prisoners? They are to be processed. Internment camps have been set up below the city. Gather the rabble there, then set them to work. Surely you do not mean all of them. The women and children are to be sent as well. So, uh, here's another war crime. You're not actually allowed to do that. Really? (laughs) Oops. Yeah, well, there's a reason you're not allowed to do that. It's because it's been done. And we, as a global society, recognize that as a bad thing. To take your prisoners, uh, men, women, children, combatants, non-combatants, all, and lock them up in camps and put them to work as slave labor. That's not okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it is uh, called, it is all under this huge chapter in international law called Treatment of Persons Deprived of Their Liberty. (laughs) And so, yeah, because they imprisoned not only, this isn't prisoners of war, this isn't combatants, this is every Mon Calamari citizen they could clean out of this city. Yeah, all of them. They're locking them up. Yeah. And sending them to internment camps. And so... If you imprison somebody in war, you have to give, here on Earth, you have to give the uh, International Committee of the Red Cross access to them mm-hmm. so that they can see what conditions they're being kept in, can get them in touch with their families, they can keep, they can get a, a tally and a catalog of everybody who is there, et cetera, et cetera. So we can keep track of these prisoners. Nobody disappears into the camps. Um, so if there was a Star Wars version of the Red Cross, that would be involved. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's that problem. Nobody's being given access to these people. But taking prisoners as slaves, slavery at all, period, is strictly prohibited. Mm-hmm. So taking prisoners in war and then turning them into your slaves, that is a war crime. You're not actually allowed to do that. And Dooku's like, I don't give a fuck. Because the Dooku philosophy, and I think it's like stitched on a pillow uh, in his office, is it's not a war crime if you don't get caught. Mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, also, also just a quick reminder, he's extremely racist. He's worse than a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. He does not care. Mm-hmm. These are fish people to him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he's thinking about eating some of them, I'm sure. Also, Their sentience barely registers to him. Yeah. And also, you know, slavery, I don't have to pay them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it all comes back to the spreadsheet. It comes back to the spreadsheet. It's one less row on that fucking spreadsheet. I'm tired every of doing pivot time. tables on everything. Give me a fucking break. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, shit's going to hell in a handbasket on Mon Calamari. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have, the Jedi on Mon Calamari have contacted the Jedi Council. And they're like, it sucks here. And the Jedi Council's <laughs> like, hello? Hello? I'm sorry. You're breaking up. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? And so that call gets cut off. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it turns out being under a deep oceanic world yeah. <laughs> in the outer trying rim, to, you know. Trying to make a hollow phone call from a cave at the bottom of the ocean on a planet in and, and the outer rim. The connection's spotty. <laughs> yeah. Perception's not great. And Yoda's like, I wonder if they're in, I wonder if they're in danger. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so they're like, the Jedi Council are debating like, okay, we got to send some reinforcements. We can't outfit a group of clones. That'll take days. They need help right now. Who can we send? What what water-dwelling species has a standing army? And, and the answer the answer comes from Obi-Wan's facial expression. Because <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan does the math and he's like, are you fucking kidding exactly. me? Exactly. And this is one of the few times I'm going to side with Obi-Wan like, oh, girl. Oh, y'all. <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay, so they, go, they get the Gungans. Mm-hmm. It's their senator who's stuck in that cave at the bottom of that ocean anyway. Yeah, exactly. So the Gungans might be invested. And so Yoda calls up the Gungans. And by the way, of course, we get Jar Jar. Of course. Of course. I love him. That is Ahmed Best voicing Jar Jar. Mm -hmm. Also the voice of uh, Boss Leone, who is the one who has to think really hard about whether or not they're going to send help and thinks about it for all of two seconds. That is my favorite scene in the whole arc. Risa needs some thinking time to respond to this news. Thinking? No sir, thinking. Misa thinking Padme would help us has helped us. Big time. Risa got to help her now. You so right. Thinking times are done. <laughs> I love the Gungans so fucking much. And they just they just go for it. And this is a good time to remember that Jar Jar is an outlier in Gungan society. Yes. 
Like, literally, they met him because he had been exiled out <laughs> of Gungan society for being a menace. So Gungan Gungans, non-Jar Jar Gungans, are very competent. Mm-hmm. They are rock-solid warriors. They are a force to be reckoned with. So when the Gungans show up as reinforcements, it is a, a fucking heroic moment. And, they are badass. And I loved it. So, yeah, I mean... Meanwhile, the heroes are like they're trying to they're hiding out in the caves, trying not to be found, and they're waiting for reinforcements. Right. They do get found, and oh my god, shit's about to hit the fan. And then the the uh, we're abbreviating this right now because it's all action. Oh yeah, this is all mm-hmm. action. There's so much, and thank God the Gungans show up, and it turns out the the uh, Boomas, as they call them, mm-hmm. are very effective against the uh, Hydra Medusas, and this is where I am de- I am reminded of. Like what life is like in Naboo under the water, mm, because if you yeah. because if you remember episode one when they fly through the planet core, the planet core, they they run into so many fucking crazy ass monsters yeah. that the the always a bigger fish scene exactly, and so they have they have technology that at a minimum deals with horrible monstrosities like giant lizard things and probably jellyfish and all kinds of shit. Yeah. So, of course, the Boomas were going to work against the Hydroid Medusas. Yeah. These were the perfect, perfect reinforcements to send. Yeah. And they do very well. So well, in fact, that Rift Hamzen has to, like, go fucking balls to the wall with his counterattack. Yeah. Uh, he sends in those squid ships. Yeah, the, the, the trident ships. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and tells them to go all spinny. <laughs> and spin, girl, spin. <laughs> <laughs> work and spin. And work and spin and work. Yeah. So And they just churn up the, the entire area. And this could not have been done. No. With any other level of animation. Yeah, this is where they're animating. I mean, th- that this one episode probably cost half the budget of what they had for season one. Yeah. There's so much that's happening, like, animation-wise. Season one, season two... 80% of season three's animation could not have handled this scene in particular because there's so much sand and debris and bodies flying and everything being, and some of it's close and some of it's far. And you've got to be able to see the difference in that depth. And there's an area in the middle of the spinning that is, that doesn't have as much spin to it. And so the spinning gets worse the further out you get. And all of that is very clear in the animation. And hats fucking off to the animation team for this episode. Absolutely. That was Absolutely. amazing. So, yeah, before the Gungans show up, Anakin actually oh. has, <laughs> has a great idea. And he's like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if the enemy didn't know that we would have reinforcements coming? Of course. Right. You know, Senator What's-Her-Fuck is like, oh, are you sure they're 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 coming? We should just go ahead and surrender. <laughs> Senator, Senator Fishtits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, I mean Mina Tills. Mina Tills. <laughs> Senator Fishtits is now her new name. <laughs> what? They put boobs on a fish. <laughs> they brought this on themselves. Okay, breathe. Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I can breathe. I can breathe. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so she's thinking like, oh, they're totally going to surrender. Yeah. And of course they're not. The fight's still going on. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking yeah. about. So uh, this is uh, this episode has the most action scenes. So not mm-hmm. a lot of dialogue. There's, you know, no. a brief moment where Ahsoka is helping the prince get to the middle when the trident is spinning around and people are getting <laughs> fucked up like really bad. And it's and then Rift Tamsin comes roaring from above. Oh my god! Because you can do that. You can attack from above because mm-hmm. we're in water, and he is there to bite the prince's face off. So scary. And it's terrifying, yeah. right? Because he is big enough and strong enough that he can navigate the turbulence of the spinning. And all of the aqua droids are fine. They're not affected by the spinning. Just, I guess because they're heavy? I don't know. That actually, and, that part I was kind of like, huh? Because it doesn't. Yeah. Because if they're not, they're probably not any heavier than, say, the, uh, the clone troopers, you know? I don't I know, think. because, well, but no, because uh, in this, the aftermath of battles that we see throughout this, you will see the bodies of the Mon Calamari and the Corrin and the clones floating, but all of the droids, when they're destroyed, when they're deactivated, just sink to the ocean mm. floor. Interesting. Okay. So, there, and that is also very clear, and that was eerily lit when the Hydroid Medusas came up. Uh. Uh, so that is, you know, that's a factor. And uh, he's just hunting this guy, and Ahsoka is doing her best, and her best is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not enough. Uh, she's able to get out of there because Kit Fisto jumps in. He jumps in in between... Uh, Tamsin and the prince and tells Ahsoka to get the prince the fuck out of there. And then Tamsin and Kit Fisto fight, fight. Like, yeah. Kit Fisto loses his lightsaber. They get a fist fight. Tamsin beats him unconscious. Yeah. What? Uh, he's wow. a great warrior. No doubt. He's a, he's a great white shark of yeah. person. Um, yeah. Anyway, at the end of it, uh, the Anakin pulls off some Jedi heroics and disables the spinny thing, and all of the silt settles down, and our heroes are surrounded by droids and have been taken prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is Anakin, Padme, Kitfisto, and Jar Jar are all taken prisoner. Meanwhile, Ahsoka uh, takes the prince away, and they're going to go right. back into the caves. And this is where one of my favorite moments of the arc happens because oh. basically Lee Char is like losing hope. He just mm-hmm. like everybody like the Captain Akbar is gone, you know, like everybody's gone. And um you know, he asked Padme, like, aren't you afraid? Or not Padme, Ahsoka. No. Uh mm-hmm. are you afraid aren't you afraid? And uh, yeah. uh, Ahsoka has that awesome line Aren't you scared? I used to be. All the time. Until I realized that if you make decisions out of fear, you're more likely to be wrong. And I'm like Okay, Ahsoka, how about you fucking tell your master right. <laughs> to not I feel do like, that shit? I, well, because she references that she was she used to be afraid, but she's not anymore. And I'm like, yeah, because you died and you came back as an embodiment of the light side exactly. of the force. Exactly, exactly. What to do with it? Look at you growing and evolving with your circumstances. Yeah, I'm getting Maybe getting wiser than your master. Have a sit down chat with your master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the prisoners get taken, and Rift Hamzen has changed. He's done some redecorating uh, back at the Mon Calamari legislator, mm-hmm. leg- legislative chambers. He's turned them into a torture dungeon. Yay, with yellow lighting. Which I think, yeah. I think says something about him. Uh, and, he, and so Padme and Jar Jar get thrown into like these floating rack things, and he brings in very special... 
torture devices for the Jedi. Do you have any information on those guys? The fucking eels? They're eels. They're just fucking eels. That's all they yeah. are. <laughs> That's it. They're just eels that are set up to be like a little cage for the Jedi. And as they're being brought in, Kit Fisto, God bless him, <laughs> he, he sees them coming and he goes, Ah, eels. Very dangerous. Thanks, Kit Fisto. Thanks for the obvious. But that was a nod to Indiana Jones. Yep. The scene where Sala tells Indy. Asps. Very dangerous. Yes, I love that. I love that call. It was I love great. that callback. That was adorable. Uh, so yeah, it, tur- it turns out uh, everybody has figured out that if you want to be able to keep a Jedi locked up, you need to electrocute them. You need to overwhelm their senses and keep them from being able to focus on the Force. And so Anakin and Kit Fisto get locked up inside eel cages. And Riff Tamsin is trying to torture them into telling him where the prince is, but they literally don't know. Yeah. Like, they they can't tell him, because that's not information that they have, which was the point. Exactly. And and uh, there was, at some point in this episode, a conversation between Dooku and uh, Riff. And mm. did you notice, uh, this actually got called out on Wikipedia, so I know I'm not crazy. Did you notice how the clasp on Dooku's cloak were, like, suddenly not there during one part of the conversation, and they suddenly reappeared? No, bitch. Why would I notice that? Because they're big, gaudy gold things. Come on. <laughs> no, I did not notice that. Uh, I'm surprised you did. Rift Tamsin was right there. I know, but like, I because they're big and gold, I was like, I, I noticed they were gone, and I'm like, did she pawn them in the middle of the conversation? Because <laughs> money's getting tight. Money's yeah. getting tight. Uh, no, but I did notice that Ahsoka's uh, underwater breathing mask isn't connected to the tanks on her back. Yeah, so. little things, you know. Little things, little things. But whatever, I forgive, I forgive, yeah, because I, visually... Stop yeah. Um, so yeah, that's another war crime, by the way. <laughs> We've talked about it before. Uh, there's an electrified by eels war crime? Yes. No, you cannot torture anybody to interrogate them. Uh, even if you call it enhanced interrogation to get around that, that's still... You just know mm. you're not actually allowed to torture anybody. That's That's a war crime. Don't do that. Yeah. And it turns uh, out you don't get good intelligence when you're torturing somebody because they're just going to tell you anything they need to to not be tortured anymore. Yeah, just anything to make the pain stop. Yeah. Uh, and so during of the course of this, uh, it's, it is revealed with conversation with Dooku that it was never the plan to let the Quarren take over the planet. Yep. Ever. Uh, and this is revealed to Nosorai. He realizes he's been duped, that the planet is going to be handed over to Rift Tamsin, who has brought his own shark people soldiers to come and help. Ugh. With the takeover of the planet, and they're horrifying, and um, so he's trying to interrogate the the heroes to try and find out where the prince is, and it's not working to interrogate the Jedi. So he needs to incentivize the Jedi. So what does he do? He fucking uh, th- and this horrified me. By the way, I oh was my so god! Horrified. And if there was ever a moment for Anakin to fall to the dark side, this would. I'm shocked this that this wasn't it, uh-huh. but. He charges, he doesn't even just like casually walk up to Padme, he fucking charges shark style mm-hmm. to her fucking face and crushes, uh, like, b- tries to crunch into her bubble glass mask thing. He bites her helmet. And creates a little, creates a little, uh, uh, uh crack in the bottom and water yeah. starts coming into, into her area and she's starting to drown slowly. Yeah. I, and, and he's like, so TikTok Jedi, what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. So he gets called away because, meanwhile, uh, <laughs> they're they're dealing with that. And that's very stressful. And Anakin's very upset. Meanwhile, Lee Char was like, hey, 
I've got an idea. Ahsoka, help me do something really stupid. Yeah. Because he's done the math. He's seeing that the Quarren are also being enslaved. Everybody's being fucked over here. So if everybody, the Quarren and the Mon Calamari, can join together with the Gungans and the clones, they can kick the ass of the Separatists and win the day. Mm -hmm. But he's got to organize it. So they sneak into prison. Into the prison where Captain Akbar is being held. And, uh... He's, like, trying to rally the troops, and he's talking to everybody, and they're like, oh, my God, Pr uh, Prince Lee Char, we thought you were dead. Are you a prisoner, too? And he says, I am here, but not as a prisoner. And I'm like, bitch, I'm pretty sure you're locked I'm in like, here, I'm too, say, I'm like, how are you getting out? What's <laughs> happening right now? Like, what is your plan? <laughs> you are, in fact, a prisoner right now. Uh, but okay. <laughs> but he has weapons on him, so. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and he's, uh, he's trying to spread the word, and he's being very inspirational. And he basically gets the word out that we're going to try and rally and we're going to try and get the quorum to rise up. Keep your eyes peeled. There's going to be a moment for us to strike. And then he gets spotted. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. Uh, a uh, An aqua droid uh, is actually listening to the conversation, which was that was a super cool feature. Mm -hmm. um, and it was able to like move away and transmit information to other aqua droids, which then got back to Riff. Right. Yeah. So so they've captured Prince Lichar and Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And that they they radio to Riff and they're like, Hey, we've got him. And so Riff just leaves. Yeah. And leaves Padme with a hole in her helmet. Yeah, because at this point Riff is like, Huh, I guess you guys really don't know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's surprising. She's gonna die and you're letting that happen, so I guess you really don't fucking know. Yeah, so that yeah, so as he as he starts to leave, Anakin's like, uh, are you gonna fucking help her now? And he's like, No asshole i'm evil <laughs> and then he does that evil cackling thing <laughs> and that is when with his crazy shark jaw and, th <laughs> and that is when i started to love him that right there because you because you didn't have to fucking cackle but he did he did he did yeah. if he had a mustache he would twirl it exactly he's and, the bad guy yeah uh, yeah that's why i love it it's such a cl it's a cliche bad guy moment i'm gonna start cackling mm -hmm. and run away but i'm so exactly but still i'm so shocked anakin didn't fall to the dark side at that very moment well because he's still holding on to hope that he can save her right so he's trying to like do something and and he can't because he keeps getting electrocuted by these eels which are alive by the way and biting him yeah, too. Uh, yeah yeah and and kit fisto is like okay anakin hey hey <laughs> hey focus yeah try not to move anakin we must create a bubble for her to breathe from use the force to push the water away from her helmet and they do somehow find air from somewhere with the force i guess sure it didn't really make any sense but whatever Star Wars, not Star Trek. We move on. Yep. Uh, so they create a bubble around Padme so she's able to breathe for a little bit. But Anakin loses his concentration and, oh, no, his wife is going to drown and die immediately in front of him. But who saves the day? <laughs> Jar Jar spits on her face. Jar Jar. <laughs> Which creates this, like, horrible, gross mucus thing, but it also seals the crack in her mask. Yes. And, Padme, and Padme at first is like, oh my god, I can breathe, and oh my god, what's on my fucking face? Jar Jar sealed my helmet with his... <clears throat> yes, sir. It's a Gungan waterproofing. It's a why we swim so good. 
<laughs> she's she's so grossed out uh but it works and everybody uh everybody thanks jar jar profusely in that moment no nobody said anything nobody was like thanks jar jar for spitting on my face and saving me from drowning yeah. no <laughs> it's just they, they they changed the subject they're like <laughs> yeah they just they just move on uh kit fisto kind of smiles a little bit that's about it that's all they get but who doesn't who doesn't want to get spat in her face um oh anyway that's tmi anyway <laughs> so anyway we're gonna execute the prince yeah yeah we're gonna say yeah so the prince is gonna get executed in front of everyone because yes you know the prince the prince tells uh what's his fuck you know as long as he's alive there will still be hope and mm-hmm. well and he's while he's because he's brought before tamson and mm-hmm. um and he tells tamson uh, basically, while he's bantering with Tamsin, he's letting Nosarai know, I'm here to fight for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if all of us stand up together, hint, 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 hint wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge, yeah. come on, dude, to try and get the message to him that we need to, like, stand together and, and fight and do something here. Um, and then he gets taken away to be executed, which is uh, another war crime, by the way. You can't do that. You, yeah, you, you can't, can't just ex- execute. You just execute the leader of a nation. No, you can you can execute certain people uh, in very specific situations, and it's not a war crime. But for the most part, summary execution is heavily frowned upon, particularly anyone who is unarmed uh, and in your custody and is the captured head of state. Um, no. And uh, also particularly if your method of execution is sending your shark soldiers to bite his face off. So fucking like, maybe. Gross. <laughs> because that's the thing. He's in the middle of this area. Everybody, all the prisoners, all uh, the Jedi and uh, the Corrin and the Mon Calamari, everybody's here to watch Prince Lee Char die because you got to kill the hope in front of them. Mm-hmm. They need to see this happen. And he's being circled by shark soldiers and they charge at him with their gaping toothy ah, maws open. Hate it. <laughs> There's, this was all very triggering for me. Right. <laughs> I have that thing. What do they call? It? Is it thalassophobia? That that fear of deep water? Yeah, yeah. I don't like it because shit like this lives there, <laughs> and I I respect their home, and I don't I don't wish to intrude wish upon to it. Intrude. I don't wish to intrude. No, I don't want to bother you. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. You don't come up on land. I don't go down there. We're good. We're good. Sea monsters. I don't need it. My gosh. Okay, um, so anyway, uh, but but is Lechar executed this fine day? Uh, no, in fact, uh, his plan actually worked. The Quarrens uh, actually saved him. Uh, they inked, <laughs> they inked <laughs> the sharks, and the sharks are like, "What and the it, fuck is it was, this?" <laughs> it was so cute. It reminded me of that moment in Finding Nemo with the little polyp, the little <laughs> the little one who goes, "Guys, you made me ink." Aww. <laughs> I love that movie. I need to watch it now. So cute. I know. Uh, but yeah, they, they swoop in. Um, oh, some of the other Corrin like snuck around to the Mon Calamari and got them some weapons. Mm-hmm. And the weapon that they handed Captain Akbar, did you see it? It's basically a stick weapon with that fires, it's a stick. It fires lasers, which is cool. It's a stick. So let me tell you about this stick. Oh, I, think I couldn't find information on it, so I'm glad you did. <clears throat> so Admiral Akbar's weapon is based... <laughs> based on a baton type accessory that came with his 1983 action figure. What? 
It was never intended to be a weapon uh, as a part of this action figure set. It was meant to be like a pointer, like for mission briefings and stuff, for him to point at stuff. But the director of this episode, because by now we're on Prisoners, the director of this episode, Danny Keller, remembered as a kid playing with his Akbar figurine and using that pointer stick as a blaster. So wow. here it is. Wow. It's a blaster now. That's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. I love Star Wars nerds. I know. Like, <laughs> this guy got to live his childhood playtime with this cartoon. That's amazing. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the fighting breaks out. Admiral, uh, Admiral, excuse me. Pardon me. Captain. Captain Akbar. Captain Akbar. Um, it's this whole big ass fight. It's really cool. The force theme is playing. Yeah. That's how you know that you're in the big cool fight. Yeah, yeah. The 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 fight, especially the fight where the good guys are going to win finally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Riff Tamsin's not taking this well. No, no. He, in fact, he decides at this moment he's going to bust out his most vicious weapon yet. Yeah. Do you have details on this weapon? Actually, I kind of do. I kind of don't. So I. Okay. So I don't know for sure if this is what they're based on, but I couldn't help but. Und- but recognize the correlation. So he has what are called explosive knives where he <laughs> can, uh, he can stab into somebody and the way that they're, uh, I don't know what the, the way that they're ribbed. I don't know how the, what the, <laughs> but they're, they're shaped in such a way where it's, you can't just pull them out easily. And then, then moments you're still laughing at the penis joke, aren't you? <laughs> well, it was I was getting over it, and then you said you can't just pull them out. So here we go again. <laughs> you're such a pervert, Heather. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm not the one lusting after the shark villain. Hey, but okay. I, bice- biceps, pec muscles. I'm get- you know what? I'm not here to judge you. I ain't looking at his face. Anyway, clearly, <laughs> I'm not looking at his face. No, um, ma'am. Anyway, so yeah, the, the explosive knives stab in and explode. And of course, eventually, when he and the prince go one-on-one, the prince will stab, mm-hmm. use one of his own knives and blow him up. So yes. there was a book I read uh, uh, back in high school where it was discussing um, uh, different uh, different sailors, usually pirates, but sailors in the mid 1800s that were starting to go around the pacific ocean and Mm -hmm. they noticed that there's a fuck ton of sharks everywhere so the way that they did under they weren't able to determine which sharks were the nice ones and which sharks were the gonna the murder you types right they they were not marine biologists no they were fucking sailors weird yeah Mm -hmm. and they were i mean most of the most of these people just during this time were looking for gold and all that and treasure and all that kind of shit so mm-hmm. what they would do is that they would sink uh, dynamite <laughs> into the water and make them go boom. In fact, uh-huh. this practice continued all the way up to uh, a certain point of time in the 1900s where this is a very famous story. There was a whale that beached on uh, oh. beach itself <laughs> and they couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. So they decided to stick a bunch of dynamite into the center of this whale, and it exploded. And it turns out that was a stupid fucking idea, because pieces of whale landed all over the town. Hundreds of pounds, like a 500-pound chunk of blubber flying through the air. Yeah, it smashed people's cars and destroyed everything. So Uh when I saw him explode, uh, him being Riff, (laughs) it reminded me of that. And so I I, I I, I couldn't find evidence of this, but I'm wondering if that was the reason why they went that direction. Oh no, baby! That was a Jaws reference. 
Well, same thing. Like they blew, they blew Jaws. Well, the Jaws reference came from that, the, the whale reference. Yes. Yeah. So, but that was the end of Jaws. Was it's specifically the reference for killing of a, a giant killer white shark? Uh, was you know they put the gas tank in his mouth and then shoot it, and it blows up, and it blows up the shark, and now he's dead. So yeah. It's both. It's both. Sure, it's both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fun fact, I've only seen Jaws once because that movie scared the fuck out of me and never it's again. It's fucking yeah, terrifying. Yeah, never again. Um, yeah. But the death of Riff Tamsin, uh, while well-deserved, this was easily the most graphic death right? we've ever had in Clone Wars. Like, there's a piece of his, the top part of his head floated around yeah. and bounced into the prince. <laughs> there's chunks of Riff just floating around. And because of the lighting... The the blood that's coming off of these chunks is not red, but it's but it's sort of this dark fluid that's following yeah. these chunks around. Uh, <laughs> and yes, sec- a section of his exploded, decapitated head bounces off of the prince and then goes right at the camera. What I know, the I, fuck? I was surprised. Wars? I was surprised. Ooh. Yeah, it was. I mean, we we were all stunned in my house. We were like, "Was that his head?" <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> uh, that's it. We win. Yeah, uh, they have the a, good guys win the day. They have a coronation where uh, Prince Lee Char is becomes king. And, and it's a very formal occasion. Everybody's very fancy, except for Kit Fisto, off to the side, chilling in his swim trunks. Of course. Of course. God well, that's formal him. for him. I feel like that's... His bare chest is fancy, fancy attire. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's that's as good as a tuxedo. To, <laughs> I can't even talk about it. Whew! That's as good as a tuxedo to me. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so that's so that's the that's it that's it. Uh, Prince Lichar is crowned king of Mon Calamari, crowned by Nosorai, who pledges loyalty to Prince Lichar. Ta da! And that's it. And I don't think we go back to Mon Calamari like ever, uh, ever, again. ever again. <laughs> but this does lock in the loyalty of the Mon Calamari people to. Padme Amidala's cause, essentially, yeah. to the Republic. And so they will be major players in the Rebellion and then later in the Resistance. So mm. good guys. The good guys. We like the, the people of the planet Moncala. They're good people. They are wonderful people. So uh, only two more, uh, one more theme related to this episode. And then I have a callback to our previous episode that I, I promised uh, somebody I would, I would, I would oh, bring no. up with you. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, we have a new we have a new listener named named uh, Trun. He's uh, from Singapore. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, he told me he didn't grow up in Singapore. He grew up somewhere else, but he didn't tell me where. Uh, but he told me that where he grew up, um, they would get episodes of Clone Wars a year and a half after they oh. broadcast. And mm-hmm. they when they premiered this season, they actually started doing three episodes at a time. So oh. he actually saw this whole arc in one go on the season premiere. That would be perfect. I love it. I love that idea. Yeah, so that's amazing. That, mm-hmm. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. The second thing I want to ta- I want to briefly talk about before we wrap up. Uh, so you remember how in the Terrifying Tales episode we asked mm-hmm. uh, we asked uh, if uh, Vinay was a character in other Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, we both had a major dumbass moment because of course he is. Do you know who he is? Like no, you know in Rogue One the guy that walks into Vader's chamber and is like, "My lord, 
uh, Captain uh, Director Krennic has arrived. Oh my god! Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, we suck. We do suck. That that. Why do we even have a Star Wars podcast? I know. That came from Charles from uh, Gold Squadron Gaze. So hi, Charles. You're very smart. I know. I know. Which you were on, by the way. Uh, I was on, and I don't think that has aired yet. So hey, guys, uh, I'm on Gold Squadron Gaze, and you should go listen to it. Totally talking about the season finale of Mandalorian season two. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So just wanted to put that out there. Thank you, Charles. Um, yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, that probably would have taken like two more minutes on the Google machine. I know. Would have found I know. that information. It but just, did we look for it? No. no. But it just didn't. <laughs> it just didn't look like like I I I don't know. He didn't seem that old. Well, he was so blocky. I know. <laughs> Lego. <laughs> 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 okay, so do we have anything else for these first three glorious welcome back to the war bitches episodes of season four of Clone Wars? Nope, I'm done. Okay, me too. Uh so let's talk about let's talk about next time. Okay. What is next time? Uh so next time we actually have a rare occurrence in this season, a single one off episode. Uh huh. Except Which it's is Shadow Warrior, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that is um, a twofer. And then after that is Umbara. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I am trying to uh, perhaps I, I just I just want to delay the the depths of Umbara uh, <laughs> a little bit. Let's just do one episode. You want to do just one episode? Let's do one episode. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm ready. Yeah. For it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. It'll be like it might even be less than two hours. To talk about it? Just one? Just one episode? <sighs> so next time, then, we will talk about Clone Wars Season 4, Episode 4, Shadow Warrior. Shadow Kay? Dancer. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, no. No, keep going. No, I'm done. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's not weird. <laughs> And so that will be our 48th episode, then Mercy Mission and Nomad Droids will be 49, which means that we will jump into the darkness on Umbara. For our 50th fucking episode is Umbara? Yes. Oh my god. Could not have planned it better if we had tried, but you guys may or may not have noticed we don't actually try. (laughs) <laughs> to do any kind of planning like that it's very episode to episode yeah, around why do you here. have to be on Barra? like that i'm not it, it's such an emotionally draining uh arc it's gonna be oh i just i'm just i there's gonna be a lot of hate there's gonna be some hate no, I, and it's a four episode arc so we're gonna have to break that into two pieces i'm sorry yeah yeah i mean too much uh, too much happens. yeah i mean we'll talk about it in a few weeks but umbara literally has my most hated like legit i hate Ugh. character in all star wars so yeah yeah hey ted mm-hmm. but i feel like maybe that's the thing that season four is going to bring us is is villains like Villains that are not just our usual stable, mm-hmm. where it's like Palpatine, and it's Palpatine again, and somehow Palpatine came back. Like, it's not going to be like that, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just the same bad guys over and over. We're actually getting some new rogues gallery for Star Wars here. And so we've had uh, Rift Tamsin, fucking hateable, super hateable and apparently fuckable, depending on who you ask. Hey, entertaining, also. I think he's at least entertaining. I was... Um, deeply disturbed in the core of my being by the movement of his jaws yeah. so good job yeah 
I didn't like it at all. Very unnatural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then so we're going to also be getting uh, Ponkrell and there are some slavers later in this season <sighs> and stuff. Like there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, where is, so, hey, where is thanks my, to look forward where to. Where's my Honto? Where? <laughs> <laughs> where, oh, where is my funny pirate man? Right. Oh, where, oh, where could he be? <laughs> All right. Okay. So are we ready to outro? We are ready. Okay. And hey, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, If you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are very available on social media. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at DarksideDivas. You can also subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast platform of choice, be it Apple's thing, Google's thing, or, or Spotify. <laughs> thing. Well, they keep changing the, the fucking the thing. name of the service. Like, literally, when we started right. when we started this podcast, it was still called Google Play and Apple iTunes, and now it's just like, whatever. Well, and as it is, I'm going to have to start saying that we're on Meta. Uh, Not Facebook, but Meta. No, it's still going to be Facebook, but owned by Meta. You see how that works? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's... That's a different company. Yeah. 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 Anyway, also, y'all, we have a YouTube channel now. We are we, do. we are going to do a Q&A and apparently Mary Fuck Kill uh, uh, games on YouTube. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we've already caused some controversy. Uh, we <laughs> appreciate that. And we live for it. Give it to me. Give it all to me. Uh, but yeah, check us out. Check us out on YouTube. Oh wow! <laughs> what I love, I love hate. Give it to me. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, we're, that's done. it. we're done. We're, we're done. Thanks everybody. Okay. Okay. Bye.